This is the Tallahassee Business Podcast, brought to you by the Greater Tallahassee Chamber of Commerce. Thank you to our sponsor, 223 Agency, a digital relations firm helping you maximize and develop your digital footprint. Check them out on the web at 223agency.com. Without further ado, enjoy this episode of the Tallahassee Business Podcast. Hey there, Tallahassee. Welcome to another edition of the Tallahassee Business Podcast. We are awfully glad to have you listening in again today. We've got a tremendous guest with us. It's an election year, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, 2020 has had plenty of crazy going on, but uh, don't forget, we all have a, a, a very important responsibility as citizens here in our community to get out and vote. And voting has begun here in Leon County in our August primary and it couldn't be a more important time for you to go out and exercise your rights. So we have brought on an extra special guest uh, to mark that equation, uh, or mark that uh, occasion. Uh, mark, no pun intended. Uh, we have our supervisor of elections on the podcast with us here today. Mr. Mark Early is joining us. Mark, um, we are just thrilled again to have you share a little bit of time. We know that early voting has begun here. Mail-in voting is happening. Uh, you're very busy. Your team's running uh, around the clock, but we appreciate your time and joining us. I appreciate it, Jay. Yeah, good afternoon. Uh, the whirlwind has begun, uh, certainly. Uh, we've been getting vote-by-mail ballots in, uh, I guess, for about two weeks now, and uh, today's the second day of early voting, uh, and that's ramping up pretty good, actually. A lot of people are actually going in for some in-person voting, but probably even more are taking advantage of our new drop boxes. Uh, about the size of a regular blue mailbox, except they're silver. They're, they're at each early voting site, and you can actually drop your vote-by-mail ballot in those boxes, uh, and they come straight to our office. So, yeah, we're getting ramped up, and things are moving quickly. Yeah, it's funny you say that. I was driving by the courthouse yesterday downtown, and uh, I saw this uh, contraption there that I didn't recognize, and I, I quickly surmised, okay, that's probably where people can skip the mail part and just bring it straight in, which is super convenient. Exactly right. Yes. Yeah. Vote by mail is a bit of a misnomer. Uh, it's more of a delivery mechanism. And we get certainly the majority typically come in through the mail. But uh, this election year, we've more than doubled the number of requests we nor normally get for vote by mail. So it'll be interesting to see how the public uh, returns the ballots to us. Yeah, that's fascinating. So, you know, maybe before we dive into the particulars, uh, let's start with, with your story, your journey to holding office here in Leon County. This is an elected position, one of our five constitutional offices and maybe just tell us a little bit about your background, your career and how you became the supervisor of elections here. Uh, sure. Yeah, I started uh, working elections here in Leon County back in 1986. Uh, Jan Petrick was the supervisor of elections. He's since passed, you know, God rest his soul. He was a, a gentleman, a really nice guy, uh, but he had a problem with an election in September and I started two weeks after that election. Uh, he was, that's back when we had three elections in the fall, a first primary in September, a second primary in October, and the general in uh, November. And I started then. Uh, he was uh, out of office for a brief period of time while they looked into what had happened that first election. And his uh, interim, uh, I guess, replacement, Jerry Moore, is the one actually hired me full time. And I've been working uh, in elections ever since. I've worked uh, clear through the 2000 election cycle here in Leon County had a big role with Ion Sancho, you know, his long career uh, in uh, tabulating ballots during 2000 and running the voting systems then. 
Uh, after 2000, I had a lot of offers to go out and work in the, in the vendor world, in the industry of elections. And so I uh, went and worked with one of the major vendors for six and a half years, uh, starting uh, at the beginning of uh, 2002, actually. And I uh, was uh, kind of did election troubleshooting, certification, uh, deployments, uh, support, all, training all over the nation. I mean, from here in Florida, a, a big footprint here, but in Virginia, I mean, the, all the way up to Alaska, California, Tennessee, New Mexico, Texas, uh, I mean, all over the place, Ohio. Uh, and many, many other states, uh, Georgia, I mean, just lots of places. Uh, but then in uh, 2008, uh, ION offered me my old job back. Uh, they had trouble, I think, finding somebody to fill that position. And I'd spent a lot, enough time on the road, frankly, had young kids, and so I was eager to come back. And so uh, uh, I worked the 2008 elections, and then ION was, you know, 28-year career. He was ready for retirement. And so uh, he suggested I run for office, and actually many supervisors across the state who I've known for many, many you know decades uh, all agreed you know they would love to see me become a supervisor, and so here I am, and here we are with the pandemic, and I'm like, what did y'all set me up for? <laughs> but it's it's you know I love what I do. Uh, it's it's really a great feeling, and I think our staff feels that too. That to really be able to serve the public, bring democracy here to the local level, and and really empower people's voices through the ballot box. Well, that is a fascinating you know, career path, and you know it's interesting. Uh, um, you know, a place like Tallahassee. Here we are in Florida. It seems like every time there's a national election, Florida is always part of the conversation. So I'm ground good. zero, yes. <laughs> yeah, ground zero. That is that is spot on. But you know, what's funny about that, and again, the presidential election you mentioned in 2000, much of it was decided right here in our community. Uh, despite Florida's sometimes questionable election reputation uh, here in our community we we're widely recognized as one of the best places in the country for executing great elections can you just you know again with your experience speak to how we've built that over the last few decades yeah i think we've always had a, a, a great tradition here of innovation and you know looking for problems and trying to you know meet them before they become problems we we left the lever machines we skipped all the punch card ballot systems Back in the early 90s, a lot of people had deployed. We went straight from lever to uh, the fill in the oval type paper ballots, and that has since become the gold standard. Uh, you know, Ion and you know some of his key staff, like myself, looked at lots of different technologies, thought that was the way to go, and it served us really well in 2000 because we didn't have any of those problems with the punch guard hanging chads and pregnant chads and all that kind of thing. And uh, the system we purchased back in 93 served us uh, for 21 years. We replaced it in 2014 uh, with a new, uh, even more upgraded uh, paper ballot optical scan system. And I think it's state-of-the-art cutting edge. But, you know, we've had people from all over the world, frankly, come and see how we do things here. Uh, Australia is uh, using a system that we built here. Uh, after I came back from the vendor world, we dove into this. Uh, really, it's a, it's a chain of custody slash uh, equipment inventory slash testing slash election management uh, piece of software that we designed and built over three and a half years here. Many counties in Florida use it. They use it up in Canada, New York, all over the, the nation actually uses it. And the whole nation of Australia now has purchased that same system. And it's something nobody even knows about. It's called Poll Chief. And uh, it really allows you to really track and have great security and chain of custody for all the different critical parts of elections and predict what's going to happen and even allocation of resources to each polling place. 
really powerful tool, but it kind of automates uh, some of the things that people used to do intuitively. And people would make mistakes. So it's based on a spreadsheet I started back with Lotus 123 in the early 90s, back with DOS-based computers, and it kind of grew into this thing. Uh, and, and even our voting systems, we've had good hands in designing that. Uh, we're probably most proud of our, proud of our audit system, our post-election audit system that's now been certified for use uh, starting next year as a better way to do election recounts in Florida. And that's gone, garnered great attention, great uh, positive response. It's the only election bill I've ever heard of, and I spent almost every day in the legislature uh, this past session uh, talking to, to all the people in the different committees, and it passed both uh, all three Senate and House committees and both floor votes unanimously and was signed into law by the governor uh, about a month and a half ago. So I've never seen an elections bill passed unanimously, and that one did. So we're real proud of that, and we're really anxious to get that up and running. Uh, to really, you, you mentioned how Florida has I guess a tradition of close elections, and that really highlights problems. But a lot of that, I think, is because of the old-fashioned ways we do some recounts. And this, I think, allows things to be done much more efficiently, much more transparently, uh, with a whole different system as tabulating the ballots the second time. And you can kind of do that in line with the election. So, And you're doing it regardless of whether you have a recount or not. You're already just recounting all the ballots. So if it comes time to have the re I mean, to look at the recount, you just push a button get the results, you can compare them. You can also look fine ballots very easily that uh, might have marks that need to be looked at. So probably too much detail uh, for our brief yeah. conversation, but it's really uh, interesting stuff. And we've just always had, you know, felt empowered and great uh, uh, partnerships with the county commission to really get things done and, and be creative here. So it's served us well. Yeah, you know, the, the political science major in me just is fascinated by elections and the process in which we all utilize to choose our leaders and you know we're at it right now like you said uh, voting underway in in more ways than one here in leon county and you know, as you mentioned earlier uh, definitely a, a a weird year uh you got a pandemic going on and all kinds of different um, unrest across our country um to your point close elections spotlight the work that happens behind the scenes but also um, times of duress. So maybe could you just paint that picture of what this year has been like as you've been preparing for an election with a lot of uncertainty around us? Yeah, you know, we, we typically elections you prepare for starting a year in advance. You've got to get your budget together. Uh, you, you know, you've got a, a long history of how elections look. Uh, you've got presidential elections and the primaries that surround those. You've got the March primary and the August primary. Uh, and then the general, and then in uh, state government years, uh, we have the primary in August and then the governor's uh, election in the general. Uh, and they all have their different ebbs and flows. So with an election, presidential election year, that's always the busiest year, uh, especially with March. And we had a very busy legislative uh, schedule. So, but we had everything in place and we thought things were moving along pretty well. Uh, but then I started seeing the news uh, out of, uh, as many people did out of China about this uh, you know, this virus, uh, and it looked, you know, it, it certainly had the potential to get big. And so uh, we ordered all of our PPE for not only the March election, but clear through August and November, very early, early in February. Uh, I saw the kind of the writing on the wall. So we had all those supplies in place, but we didn't know how bad it would get in March. And I think Florida was lucky. We were the last, uh, us and uh, I think it was Indiana and Arizona were the last states. So I may be wrong on those two other states, but there were the last three states to have the normal round of primaries without any delays. 
and we got it done. Uh, there were some hardships uh, in some of the other counties, especially down south, where more the epicenter of the Florida infections were hitting. Uh, had a lot more problems election day with polling sites having to close because not enough poll workers or what have you. I think we got through that election really well, but certainly uh, at that point, the trend was set for the rest of this year. And we've been watching very closely what happens all over the country with long, long lines and polling place closures and all of that. So we've been, you know, in Florida, there's three legal ways to vote. That's vote by mail. And it's, it's got some variations in how that works. Uh, early voting and election day. And so we, uh, listening to the CDC guidelines and talking with our partnerships at the federal and state levels know that, you know, social distancing is key. Uh, so that really, frankly, means vote by mail in a big way. And Florida's ahead of the curve there. We've got no excuse, absentee slash vote by mail. It's all the exact same thing. Uh, and so we really put the push out in Leon County. Typically, we were one of the, I guess, underutilizers of vote by mail because early voting started here. That was another one of our innovations that at first everybody at the state level, if you can't do that, and we're like, yes, we can. The law doesn't say anything about it. And they tried it and loved it. And now it's required. But we, so, you know, over 40% of our turnout is usually early voting and only about a quarter is uh, vote by mail in typical years. But this year uh, we are, we've been pushing early voting. I mean, I'm sorry, pushing vote by mail, but we've also expanded early voting uh, to the full uh, time frames allowed for, especially for the primary. Uh, and we're trying to stretch out the voting opportunities so people don't have to stand in lines and don't feel crowded, don't feel unsafe. We want to make voting a very safe uh, option. And so that's really what vote by mail is all about. And again, you don't have to send your ballot back to us in the mail. You can bring it to one of our uh, vote by mail drop boxes at all of our early voting sites. And we'll have those even here election day. The key thing about vote by mail is we have to receive your ballot by 7 p.m. on election day. So don't drop it in the mail the day before the election or two days out from the election. If you're going to use the mail, you know, get it in the mail five days out at least, uh, or just come by one of our drop boxes and we'll take it. Uh, but really early voting, I don't expect too many problems for in-person voting. Don't expect us at least in the primary, but you know, that's still two weeks away. Things can change, but I expect that in-person voting opportunities will still be there. And basically like everybody's used to a lot of personal protective equipment and, uh, masks and face shields and uh, in early voting sites, even plexiglass screens for poll workers and lots of hand sanitizer and everything like that. We're cleaning all the surfaces and social distancing. So in-person voting, I think, is, is going to be safe. Uh, but, you know, when we did our big push, we didn't know what the situation would look like. and We wanted to make sure everybody had the opportunity to vote. So that's why we've had more than double our normal vote by mail request. And we've already surpassed what is a normal vote by mail return ballot. Uh, numbers than we've ever had for a primary. So that's all looking good. And who knows where we're going to be in November. So we're going to keep that push up. Yeah, that's just, again, incredibly fascinating. I like that the way you frame that up about expanding the opportunity in the window uh, to really uh, sort of socially distance, spread out um, how people are voting. You mentioned a couple things. If I, I'm, I'm hopefully going to do it today, actually, but I walk down to the courthouse, go do my early voting. What am I going to experience? Uh, that maybe is different from a normal year. Yeah, the courthouse uh, was actually the first early voting site in the whole state. Uh, there's two entrances. You can either go in the back entrance uh, if you're parking, say, at one of the parking garages there. Uh, you'll go through security if you go in the back entrance. Uh, and there's a drop box there. If you have your vote by mail ballot, you can actually just drop it in the box. And we've got uh, some security there monitoring that to make sure that you know nobody tampers with it. Or if you want to come on in, you can go on inside. Uh, 
they'll escort you up to the back door of our voting room and you can go in and vote in person. If you come in the front, we have a, a vote by mail drop box there also. But when you come in either the front door or the back door, uh, we've got uh, hand sanitizer there, uh, lots of privacy booths, which is where you take your paper ballot and actually uh, set it down to mark, mark the ovals. But we're encouraging people to you know, at least stay in one privacy booth separation. Uh, but you'll come in, uh, you clean your hands, you can go right up. Uh, there's been no lines anywhere. Go to one of our check-in stations. Uh, there'll be a plexiglass screen. Uh, the best form of ID to use is a Florida driver's license or you know, walking around ID because we can scan the barcode off the back. Uh, and we'll scan that, bring up your voter registration. Make sure you haven't already voted by mail uh, you know, to make sure that people aren't voting twice. And uh, assuming you haven't, then you will we'll go ahead and process you through. We'll print out a vote by, I mean, a, a ballot for you and give you a privacy folder. And you can take that to a privacy booth, fill in the ovals, and close in your, in your uh, privacy screen, your folder again, and take it over the machine. You can slide it right in the ba ballot machine and it'll count it. And you're off, you know, off to wait and see how the results come out. And you get your I voted sticker. Which, which is a, an essential part of any wardrobe. Uh, it is, it is. During election, yeah. year. election year, yeah, don't go outside without it. Yeah, you know, a lot of misinformation out there right now, maybe you'd say on uh, uh, the voting by mail process. You know, for those maybe who aren't familiar with it, who, again, you mentioned how many people are doing this, maybe probably for the first time. Many, yes. What, what are the things that people should know about that process? Yeah, so uh, there's, there's, especially in Florida, because election laws are done state by state. And so Florida, and in most states, frankly, absentee voting and vote by mail is identical. Uh, some states do all of their voting by mail. They send ballots out to all voters, and they've got established addresses and that kind of thing. Florida, you have to request a vote by mail ballot. So for the people that have requested it, we send it to the uh, address that we have on file. It's a, The ballot is, you know, a special type of paper. It's got coding on the ballot uh, so that, you know, only an official ballot can be read by the machines. It goes out in special envelopes for special handling by the post office. Uh, and we typically send any requests we already have on file uh, for voters, and that's usually the big bulk of them, we send out in a window that's from 40 days to 33 days out from the election. But then you can still request vote by mail on a daily basis uh, if you haven't already put the request in. We accept those requests up until 10 days before the election. Uh, that's so we can get the ballot out to you and you can get it back to us, uh, giving, giving about five days each way. Uh, if you want, if it's within that 10-day window, you can come to our office and pick up a vote-by-mail ballot uh, for you and your family or what have you, and you, they can vote it. And then you can, uh, again, if it's within just a couple of days, I would bring it back and either turn it in inside our office. We've got drop boxes in here or use one of the big metal drop boxes outside. And, you know, vote by mail ballots typically are the first ballots counted because we get them out early and they come back in and we've already started, we've already tabulated, uh, I think, over 18,000 vote by mail ballots uh, to this date. And we have another canvassing board meeting to approve another multiple thousand volume that's come in since our last week's meeting. Uh, so vote by mail is a secure way to do it. Uh, we have a lot of protections. Uh, you know, we verify the signatures. This past batch we had that came to our canvassing board, we had 15,000 ballots that were presented to come in. Of those 15,000, 50 of them had signatures that our staff didn't feel confident uh, approving. Uh, basically, if, if they have any question, they will refer those down to the canvassing board. So uh, we received 50 of them. 
Of those 50, about a third we went ahead and approved because, you know, myself, the judge, and the county commissioner, and my staff also have had uh, signature verification training. But, you know, we, we're the ultimate call on that, and we aren't going to reject somebody's ballot out of hand. So we looked at those. Staff wasn't sure. We said, yeah, we'll go ahead and approve these. The other ones we, we've tabled and waiting for cures. So if staff has a problem with the signature, they'll automatically send out well, lots of different ways of trying to communicate to the voter to make sure that ballot gets counted. We send a, a first-class letter to the uh, residents, the, the address we have on file. If the voters put in an email address or a cell phone or you know some type of a phone number, we are obligated by law, but we would do it anyway. We try and contact them by email and phone also, letting them know there was a problem with their signature. Please come to our office. We will email a, a cure letter, which is an opportunity for them to make a new signature and scan in their driver's license or whatever ID and send it back to us. And they can even send that to us through email or texting or however, whatever method it takes for us to receive that back to make sure that that ballot gets counted. And that process carries on until a few days after the election. Thursday at 5 p.m. is when that ends. But the key point with vote by mail is we have to have your ballot by uh, 7 p.m. on election day if that's the way you're going to vote. Yeah, that's absolutely fascinating. Um, again, you talking, Jay, and <laughs> I just feel it forever. No, no. I, I again, I, I think most people uh, know a little bit about you know how their ballot goes from their hand to being counted, but particularly in a year like this. Um, it's it's good for them to hear the full story. Um, let's see. Yeah, you know, yeah. Go, you know, there, there's a lot involved with vote by mail, and and a lot of people I think initially a lot of the feedback was that they were afraid to commit to vote by mail. But requesting a vote by mail is not committing to vote by mail. We'll send you a ballot. Then if it looks like around election time that maybe the situation has changed and you don't feel comfortable going into the polling place, uh, you can use the vote by mail and either fill it out, mail it to us, or drop it in a drop box. But if you do feel comfortable, just because we sent you a ballot, and as long as you haven't voted it, you can still come in and vote in person. Uh, and even if you forget the ballot at home, we can look you up and see whether you voted or not. And we'll put a stop on that vote by mail ballot and you can go ahead and vote in person. So it, it doesn't lock you into voting by mail uh, or using that one we sent you. You can still vote in person if that's your, your preference. But it's, it's like an insurance policy. I've said that a lot uh, through the media that really vote by mail is an insurance policy for an election, especially in time of pandemic when you don't really know how things are going to evolve over the next coming weeks. So it's, it's a good thing to go ahead and get get the request in and we'll send it to you. That's a great way to put it. Uh, you know, again, it's always good to have a, a plan and a backup plan. So, um, you know, what's it's really great that your office and others around the state are doing such a good job providing people so many options uh, to make sure they can get their vote counted. But, you know, primary or, or election day is still the biggest uh, uh, day of voting. I know um, you're expecting that to be different with this upcoming uh, primary election. Uh, time will tell. Uh, you know, with the volume of vote by mail ballots we're getting and we're seeing the early voting pick up, uh, I would not be surprised if Election Day, at least here in Leon County, but probably maybe statewide, the, the, the numbers turning out to vote Election Day might be the lowest of the three types of voting. We'll, we'll see. In Leon County, really, it's second after uh, early voting. So early voting has been yeah. our top and then Election Day and vote by mail. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if vote by mail or even the, you know, the Dropbox version of vote by mail, it, that may well be uh, the highest uh, number this election, but then that would tend to leave uh, election day the smallest number. You know, I, I think of election day and I've always, we've always said that here in Leon County, 
that's kind of like the last chance to vote. Yeah. Uh, so it, we love people coming in for early voting. Uh, if there's a problem with your record, we can have even a couple of days to resolve that. So if you want to vote in person, you know, come out this week uh, or early next week. Don't wait until the last few days of early voting because you might well find some lines. You, you know, it, it, we don't want people to have, especially in this hot weather, we don't want people to have to stand in line. Uh, and election day voting, uh, I can't control what polling places actually open or how many poll workers decide not to show up election day. We've uh, already had quite a, you know, several hundred decide that of our normal poll workers aren't going to work, but we've been able to uh, go ahead and recruit new poll workers. Uh, and it's been a good partnership with the governor and allowing state workers to come work with us, uh, giving them 16 hours of time off so that they can be poll workers. That's helped a lot. We've got several hundred new replacements for those people and have them trained up. So I don't expect a problem election day, but you know, if there is a problem, then it's this, you don't have many fallback positions. There's not many options after that. So exercise your different options to vote beforehand. And then if, if that's the only one left for you, then, you know, I'm sure it will work, but it's, it's better safe than sorry to do it things ahead of time. Uh, that's very interesting. I assume, Mark, that uh, your the things you're applying during our primary election here will also all be in place for the general election in November. Absolutely. Uh, in back in April, early April, we had 28,000 people were on our record as requesting vote by mail. At this point, we're over 70,000, so we've had a massive increase. And uh, at 44 at the time we did our initial mailings, we had 44,000 on the books. So our initial mailing was 44,000 uh, vote by mail out, which was 40 days out from the election. This election, everybody that's requested it now, so we're going to be at least 70,000 as our initial vote by mail mailing. Uh, and so that's a lot more ballots going out there. And then we'll have, you know, a month still to get new uh, vote by mail requests. So we expect that trend to continue at least through this fall. Uh, and we will certainly keep our early voting sites open for the full 14 days to give people that in-person opportunity uh, and the Dropbox opportunity if they don't want to go in indoors. They can put their ballot in the drop box. And of course, we'll still have election day. Uh, but, you know, we've already had a few closures that we've had to send some letters out. To, I think it affected six precincts, not a big number. And it was manageable. We did it in advance. We knew what was, you know, it wasn't the last minute. Uh, so I think things will still be available for, you know, the polling place will be available for in-person voting for a large number of people in November. But, you know, options, flexibility, don't don't rely on that you know vote by mail is a very safe secure fraud free in florida especially way to vote take advantage of that go ahead and get your request in and you know use it if you feel the, the need yeah that's that's uh, a great point very well said you know i'm always just it's so interesting to me to see uh the difference between turnout in a summer primary yes in november obviously the presidential election if you've got a gubernatorial election those are really huge draws uh, for November, but just to paint the picture, can you give our listeners an idea? What's the turnout difference usually between a summer primary, which we're about, or which we're going through now, yes. and what we'll see in November? Everything flows in, in cycles. So in the gubernatorial years, the general election usually has anywhere from mid-60s to low-70s in the turnout. Uh, presidential elections, the generals, in Leon County especially, and we have some of the highest turnouts in the state, are anywhere from mid-70s, uh, or, you know, in the 70% up to, we've had as much as 85 and 86% turnouts here in Leon County. The primaries are typically roughly half of that. So, 
Uh, for a general, we'll have uh, in a presidential, I mean, a primary in a presidential year, we might have high 30s to low 40s is a typical turnout. Uh, in a governor's year, maybe low 30s for a, a primary turnout in August. Uh, this year, it's kind of hard to predict. There's like you like you started off uh, the podcast with. There was uh, there's lots of things in the news that are driving people's interest. So uh, typically, I would without uh, the pandemic, I would have expected a very very high turnout in Leon County. I still do, but uh, the you know the pandemic has people concerned about getting out in public and all of that kind of thing. So it's really hard to say how that's all going to evolve. Uh, the March election was lower turnout than typically we have. But again, uh, the, the tickets were essentially decided then. All that we had in the ballot was the Republican nominee for president and the Democratic nominee. And the primaries that, that had happened before kind of really had decided that. Uh, so there was not a whole big emphasis for every, or impetus or emphasis for people to get out and vote. Uh, so I, it's hard to say what drove those numbers down, frankly. You know, a good way maybe to wrap this all up. Um, what are, what are some of the things that uh, you wish our community knew about you, your team, and the work you all do in the Supervisor of Elections Office? Well, uh, you know, we've had a long tradition here of really excellence in elections. Our staff here is so dedicated to uh, getting the job done. Uh, the hours we work around election time, we don't just work two days a year. Uh, it's uh, Everybody's been putting in out overtime and working weekends clear through this pandemic, really. We're one of the few state offices. Elections are critical infrastructure recognized by Homeland Security, and we've got great partnerships to support to protect your vote, to have the resources in place. And we've been working here at our offices nonstop clear through this pandemic uh, with masks inside the building, just trying to make sure and people isolated in the pods with social distancing so that even if we get an infection, it doesn't knock our whole team out because we've got to keep going. And uh, frankly, I would just love for voters to really you know, say thank you to poll workers. If they're going to go out and exercise their right to vote in person, please wear a mask. You know, it's an ordinance, but you know, if you don't want to wear a mask, we're not going to force you to uh, to go into a polling site. But we do have masks available. But really, it's common and simple courtesy to our poll workers who are really courageous uh, advocates for our democracy that the courage to come out and vote and see so many people in such close proximity during election time to make sure our democracies carries forward. You know, that's just a tremendous show of courage. So I think it's, I would love to see everybody wear a mask. Uh, no matter what you want to do anywhere else, uh, it was just, you know, simple courtesy to our poll workers, many of whom are very much uh, in, in uh, the at-risk groups. You know, there, there are grandmothers and grandfathers, you know, frankly, and we, we want to have them protected. Well, you know, again, not enough appreciation goes to your team, to our poll workers, those who volunteer. It takes a community effort to pull an election off, and kudos to you and those who uh, do it professionally, as well as those who give their time, and especially right now, um, their ability to go out and help others exercise their right. It really is something that's an incredible and, and uh, incredible part of our society, and something we probably don't uh, put in awe quite enough, but it is, it is pretty impressive, and we appreciate that work. Well, and thanks to you, and you know, I've been on lots of the uh, podcasts and Zoom meetings, uh, trying to get that message out. Uh, so, you know, it's partnerships like this uh, that really allow us to get the word out, and especially with the changing face of elections this year, uh, it's important to be in front of the people and get those messages out. So, thank you very much for the opportunity. No doubt about it, ladies and gentlemen. Mark Early, our supervisor of elections. Uh, hopefully, you will get out. You will get a chance to go and vote soon. A lot of options out there. 
If you want to find out more about how you can exercise your right to vote in our local elections and in the state and national elections happening this year, you can visit leonvotes.org where you can find all of that information, your polling place, where early voting takes place, how you can request a mail-in ballot or a drop-off ballot, maybe we should say. Uh, lots of opportunities, folks. you got to get out there and exercise your right. It's too important to, uh, to overlook. And again, Mark Early, thanks for being with us. We sure do appreciate you so much. La ladies and gentlemen, as always, you can find out everything that we're doing here at the Greater Tallahassee Chamber of Commerce, including our new 2020 local candidate guide. We have a brand new guide out that gives you an opportunity to hear directly from the candidates who are seeking local office in their own words how they feel about their various priorities and issues that they're uh, inspired to run for office about. Uh, that is available at our website at www.talchamber.com. We encourage you as always to subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends about it, and go out and exercise your right as a citizen in our great nation and state and community to vote. Thanks for being with us. We appreciate you as always. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get out and vote, folks.